And here we are with Andy Banner Price, who is co-owner of The 25 on Avenue Road in Torquay. Welcome, Andy. Hi, thank you. Thanks for coming by. We can't wait to hear your story. The The 25 has really put Torquay and Torbay on the map in terms of like award-winning hospitality. And I'm certain that you've got all kinds of like tips and tricks to share with our audience today. Yeah, uh, I shall certainly try. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that Andy's going to give away all the secret sauce, but we can find out. We're going to try and pry it. Try <laughs> <and get> it <laughs> out. That's brilliant. So yeah, well, welcome. And uh, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about how, kind of how you got started in hospitality? Uh, yeah, so the journey actually started um, over 15 years ago. We suddenly decided one night to buy a hotel in North Wales. Okay. Um, <laughs> suddenly decided. Please As you run, do. run me yeah. through that night. What happened? <laughs> You're having a glass of champagne. Yeah, well, You're looking at this hotel like, oh. <laughs> um, we could own this. Julian, um, Julian, my husband, uh, had been made redundant. He was an IT manager. And I was about to be promoted at work. I was uh, running a call centre with it, with um, customer services for various car manufacturers. Yeah. And... I was about to be promoted, but then I thought, actually, do I want any more responsibility in mm. staff? And um, and we were, at the time, living in Telford in Shropshire, mm-hmm. and we were looking for a new house to do up over the border in Wales. And so we were looking for two jobs and a house all in the same area, <laughs> which was just impossible. No pressure. And so I said to Julian, maybe we should do some kind of business instead to kind of solve the problem of trying to find two separate jobs <laughs> yeah, in the same yeah. area. And it may even have accommodation, you know, maybe a flat above or whatever. I don't really know. Three birds so, on stone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I just changed my search to term in Google from home, houses, houses for sale in Wales to businesses for sale in Wales. And literally the first thing that came up was a country house in Carnarvon. And wow. it looked like a miniature National Trust property. Oh, crazy. Wow. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, couldn't afford it, um, but I was nosy and decided to arrange to have a look at it anyway. Yeah. Um, turned out it was in a terrible state and needed a huge amount of work. Mm-hmm. So we actually put in a stupidly low offer, um, which they turned down. And six months later, they came back and accepted their offer. What? Because nobody else was stupid enough to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, we we ended up moving there and uh, we spent seven and a half years there and we built it up from that they'd lost their three-star accreditation it was five-star gold when we left wow Um, and yeah applause (laughs) yeah love it and so we um we built the business up um it was really successful we even hosted prince william several times because he was on uh just on Anglesey, just over the water. Oh, yeah, I um, remember that. And he used our, our hotel for private meetings. Um, we had Alan Carr there. We had various people. It was really good. And um, But we had a restaurant there as well. It was much bigger. We had self-catering cottages, 15 acres. We had, did weddings, events. We had a restaurant Sounds where hectic, Julian, Julian cooks breakfast, but I did the evening meals and the catering for weddings and things, having no experience in that at all. I was going to say, you went, you were in a call centre. How yeah. did you? <laughs> I, can, I can follow a recipe. Okay. <laughs> and right. I'd, done, I'd done quite a few dinner parties before, but oh, never yeah. on that scale. Never yeah. cooked for 40 people before. Um, and so we, the, the having a restaurant took over our whole lives. Mm. So we decided we wanted to downsize 
and go to B&B only so that we could have our lives back in the evening. Right. Um, so we, we sold the business. We moved back to the Midlands temporarily to, as a base to look at other properties. Um, and we were open to move anywhere that had lots of nice places to eat yeah. and it had enough tourists for footfall. Um, and we were looking about five bedrooms. And we just fell upon Torquay, having never been here before. Oh, wow. um, there were quite a few places for sale, so I narrowed it down to three. And we came and viewed those properties, of which Glenross Guest House, as it was then, was um, available and just felt right. It yeah. was bigger than we wanted. It had 10 bedrooms at the time. Yeah. Mm. But I could see how I could kind of knock it about to, sure. to kind of make the rooms bigger, make bigger bathrooms. And so the rest is history, really. Wow. Nine, nine weeks to the day we were in. Yeah. And... Um, and then we, we ran with the season as it was. And then that winter, we closed down for five months. And that's when we literally went back to the brick and yeah. started again. Crazy. Wow. So just to take us back to that first hotel, how long did it take? How long was the project of um, renovating? Uh, it never really stopped. Bit of a money pit. Um, yeah. But we we probably spent about six months with the initial because a lot of the bedrooms didn't even have bathrooms at the time so we had to put en suites in and um the windows were falling out we had to to and is that you you and julian in the trenches or did you have contractors to do that uh, both we we're very handy ourselves i I can tile and we paint and decorate and i can create a curtain pelmet if i'm pushed oh nice Um, wow julian's got every power tool you can possibly imagine so um (laughs) We're fairly handy. Yeah. Um, we try and keep costs down by doing as much as we can ourselves. Yeah, um, yeah. it's clever. But the, the job was so big. Yeah. And, and again, initially when we moved into the 25, then when we created the 25, we had to have a whole team of plumbers and plasterers and things to, to in order to get it to why, the stage. To why did you name it the 25? We're at 25 Avenue Road. Ah. So we, we were just, we didn't really, it took us a while to try and, find we we wanted something that um was modern and we knew we wanted to be boutique yes um and we just wanted something a little bit different that stood out yeah that was completely different to anything else in Torquay that's interesting from those early days of the 25 when you were kind of imagining what the place was going to be like how is that that vision changed how is that um that imagination of what the 25 boutique hotel is going to be compared to what what actually is today i think initially what i was thinking was recreating our hotel on a a smaller scale Mm -hmm. so um if you look at our drawing room which was the first room that i created it was initially the first version of it was very traditional and i i used to collect antiques so I had a lot of older furniture and um, and so it's quite a traditional room. Yeah. I've since boutiqued it up a bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of what my initial thinking was. But actually when I started um, on the process, I, I think it started with Frank the Zebra. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frank the Zebra. Yeah, he's on your fridge magnets, <laughs> yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, so so Frank um, is an integral part of our marketing. Um, he <laughs> okay. he used to wear sunglasses. He's now gone to heaven and has wings and a halo. Um, <laughs> but I 
I was looking uh, in one of the rooms at the time. It had uh, black and white wallpaper I was looking to put behind the bed. And I was just looking for black and white things, looking mm. on the internet for inspiration of what else to, to kind of put in that room. And when I came across Frank, um, as we, we named him, then um, I thought, yeah, that, that would be fun. And yeah, a bit like different. quirky, yeah. And, um, but then he was so popular that actually I then kind of started kind of um, looking for, for more quirky things like that. Yeah. And I've also made some things like my mannequin lamps and things like that. Um, so over time it's developed and some people say it's it's almost like a not, um, not a museum in the kind of, it, it's kind of, you know, just interesting things to yeah, look at. It's but, not a historic but it's, museum, but it's, but it's just... Um, Wherever you look, yes. there's always something new to look at that's okay, kind of, yes. ooh, you know, yeah, I, I've yeah, not yeah. noticed that before and something yeah. a little bit fun or mm. something kind of um, Do you find a little bit that, different. that kind of stuff um, helps you quite a lot with social media, like people sharing things because it's an Instagramable uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many of our customer base are on Instagram. Um, okay. I, bizarrely, I kind of thought that our customer base would be kind of the young, trendy people from yeah. London and Brighton. Um in reality, it's probably a much more mature crowd. I didn't um, realise that. I also assumed it'd be younger. They're probably people who are uh, retired or semi-retired, um, maybe got a bit more disposable income and want to um, prefer to pay a little bit extra yeah. and, and get extra. Mm. And, and they're looking more for a luxury product. Yes, yes. But they they want something a little bit different as well. So something, you know, where they've quirky. not stayed before. Yeah. So mm. it is a bit quirky, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that is nice about like, like just luxury, you know, you have luxury, like historic and luxury contemporary, luxury, like old money and then you have luxury new money and you get luxury. Yeah. Or like modern. Yeah, we, so, but the 25 is more about more than just style though, isn't it? It is about the customer experience, isn't it? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So very, very much, um, we want people to feel that yes, you've arrived somewhere different and special, but but that goes hand in hand with the way that you're treated and the way you feel as well. We want you know it, it to be a um, a complete experience, and so the we we try and find out about the guests beforehand. We always know you know the the partner's name rather than just the the person who booked, um, and a, a lot of our guests are regulars. Probably seventy percent now are mm-hmm. regulars. Um, so if someone is a new guest I probably know I've already found out what time they're due to arrive roughly and I'll probably know roughly which person they are so that I can get to the door before they ring the bell and I can welcome them by their names Um, often they've followed us on social media or seen us on TV or something so they kind of feel like they know us anyway Mm. and then we were very personable on check-in and have a, a chat and stuff they always then get offered um a welcome drink and my famous chocolate brownies um <laughs> which we had this this afternoon and they are delicious yum crazy <laughs> so um i'm gonna find that recipe <laughs> <laughs> you'd be lucky and, uh, <laughs> um, and it, it gives us then um an opportunity while they're having the brownies it, i mean some people don't want to chat you know they're they're there for a romantic weekend and they want to kind of just spend time together but other people are really interested in our story or want to chat or they've got questions or um i might be asking them you know 
what their plans are. They might want some advice on where to go or where to eat or whatever. So um, it gives us that opportunity to start building that relationship. And then there's lots of little personal touches like my homemade biscuits or cakes or fudge in the room, which they get a different daily treat. And some people say they're, they're really excited about coming back every day to mm, see what, what their daily the treat? treat is. Yeah, we um, love treats. And, you know, if people are there for, like we had some people earlier in the summer, we're here for 11 nights and mm. they had something different every single day. Wow, what? Um, I, I see it as a challenge to make sure. <laughs> to, <laughs> they always have something different every day. Wow. Um, and and so you're you're building that relationship, and, yeah. and because it's only myself and Julian, then you know I'll be the one who's serving them breakfast. And again, I can chat. You know, did you go to that restaurant I recommended last night? How was your meal? Where are you going today? What you know? Yeah. And giving you know our tips and things. We've because we make a point of getting out into the community and eating at the restaurants and doing the tourist attractions and things we can tell people yeah if you're going there then the best place to park is here and you you know you must pop over the road because it's a really nice spot for lunch or you yeah. know we we kind of have that local knowledge as well mm. um and and i think people just they feel part of the 25 family sure. and and so after. you know that yeah, yeah and and that's why people keep on coming back and say yeah. kind of 70 percent of i guess a, a repeat yeah um and then on top of that, you've got other people who are recommended and all their family. You know, sometimes you, you have a couple and then you'll have their their son and, and daughter-in-law and then you'll have the mother-in-law and you kind of end up with the yeah. whole extended family coming yeah. to stay, which is great. That's brilliant. Yeah, I think you were, well, you're saying really that welcome drink and that brownie that they have upon entering gives you that real opportunity to get to know them. And so you're building up that story and building the relationship, nurturing it over time. Yeah, Would you, do you think that's like the real difference between, you know, I can just, I imagine there are some B&B owners out there who don't even like people. <laughs> <laughs> I've, you know? I've, I've met some. Yeah. yeah um, it, 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 it is surprising how many and be honest, you, you wonder why people go into to, yeah. the, yes. the industry yeah. um but yeah i i i think i'm just nosy i like speaking to people yes. i like you asking like questions yeah. And yeah. yeah i just like you know building that relationship yeah. and getting to know people and, yeah, yeah. and pe- so many people have interesting lives and they've mm. had interesting jobs and things or you know they they come from a country that you've not been to or whatever um and it, it's it's just really interesting to get to know them, and yes. and when they become repeat guests, you know, some of our guests come back four or five times a year. Um, wow! They they really become friends, and and what I like then is that a lot of people are predictable. So and they they like the fact that I know them. Yes. So you know, I I've, I've got some <clears throat> some regulars, and I know that he's going to have a full breakfast with no egg every morning. Yeah, yeah, I know what she's going to have. Yes. I know that she always wants tomato sauce. I never bother to ask them if they want tea or coffee because I know she doesn't have a drink and yeah. he's going to have a coffee. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, that becomes easier each time. And mm. they, to them, it's just, it's like a second home because it's familiar and, and they haven't, they don't need to worry about um, spending their well-earned money. They know that, they're guaranteed a good time. Yes. Um, so that, you know, some people, um, they don't want to take a chance of spending money elsewhere mm. and maybe not getting exactly what they wanted. So they'd rather keep coming back yeah. to us and know that 
it's always going to be of a certain reliably, standard. And, yeah, yeah, reliably, it's going to be yeah. a great week, yeah. weekend, yeah. week, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. So you've you've done a lot of work. I think you know that's understatement to become. I I would say probably the most award winning uh, hospitality business in Torbay. We stopped counting when we got to about fifty awards. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I mean, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> I don't know what what, what, what we don't have that we don't have that noise for that. I know Ding. we don't have a noise for that. We can't hit that fifty times. It's amazing. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say that yeah, in terms of award winning, you yeah. you absolutely knocked it out of the park, yeah. Andy. Well done. Yeah, so really. is this something where? Um, so what would you say is your greatest achievement? Do you think it's the TripAdvisor world's best? I mean, honestly. Um, that's prob. Well, that's the one that's been the catalyst to other things so you know, Joanna Joanna Lumley came to stay with us because she'd seen the publicity of that um, and it certainly helps from a business point of view and it's given both us and the Bay so much publicity sure. particularly the the first time w- was completely mental yeah um, we, we were expecting it to to be a big thing but um, not on the scale that it was that that day when it went live it was just it was huge what was that how did you find out can we can we just go through that so you're just chilling at the 25 and all of a sudden what happens does the phone ring email ping what what happened it was uh it was in winter so we were actually in the middle of a refurb and i i was sanding something at the time and and it was really rather annoying to get a phone call um so I, I expected it to be someone selling electricity or something. <laughs> um, and they said they were from TripAdvisor, so I had to go into another room because Julian was also making a noise. Um, and and they, they said, we wanted to let you know that you've uh, won a, a TripAdvisor award this year. Um, and I thought, if they're phoning me, that probably means I'm in the top 10. Because at our previous hotel, we got to number nine mm. in the country. Um so I thought top 10, that's really good. Um, but I, I was pretty shocked to find out that we were number one. Um, but then I was suddenly panicking because we only had kind of four or five days notice before they were due to announce it. And I, I'm suddenly thinking I need to get a banner printed for the the front of the house <laughs> and um, I need to do a press release and I need to do, you know, all these things to, to prep. So we dropped the, the refurbishment immediately. Um, <laughs> And luckily we were quite prepared and it goes, goes live at, at like, um, I think it's, I can't remember if it's six or seven in the morning and, uh, certain news outlets already know about it, but it's embargoed. And so we already had arranged for, I think it was Radio Devon to interview us live. Um, they were coming to us and kind of walking around and chatting to us. And so we, we were kind of up early and, and kind of dealing with them. And then that was kind of it for, for kind of a while. And then after about an hour, all of a sudden the phone started ringing. <laughs> um, and then we had like LBC wanted to do an interview and then Radio 4 wanted to do an interview. And um, then we'd got the Daily Mail on the phone and then we'd got Daily Express had just sent a journalist round and they want to take photos and then the independents on the phone and and then 
we got to the stage where we were on two different phones and interviews yeah. and <laughs> we got someone else going around and then the photographers here and then the Herald were here and it, it was just I, I did 11 back-to-back radio interviews wow. yes. um, and we were in literally every national newspaper there was mm. um, yeah. it was on the main ITV news at lunchtime it, it was just it just blew that, up. that must yeah. have been one hell of a dopamine, dopamine day uh, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it was like at, at about Half past 11 that night, we actually unplugged the phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, because it was still ringing. Because people were like, oh, you know, can I book? You know, um, I've seen it in the news or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, people will have to book online if they want it. <laughs> I'm not taking any more phone calls. Um, and it was only then we kind of sat down and we opened a bottle of champagne. Yeah, right. Yeah. What kind of day was this? It was just, you, you, we just couldn't couldn't believe it. it was Incredible! Just, it was mental. But but from um, the English Riviera point of view, it was amazing as well because you know so many people then from all over the world suddenly realised that actually you know Torquay and the Bay is an amazing place and it's there's good really good quality accommodation here. Mm. Um, but the other thing is that you know we're, we're quite niche. You yes. know we know we purposely a niche because we want to, to kind of take a certain segment of the market. We're not trying to appeal to everybody. Um, but hopefully people look and think, Oh, well, you know, I've quite, I haven't been to Torquay for years. You know, when I was a kid, I went, but let's take the family, but Oh, they don't take children there. Let's see what other accommodation is yes. there. Or, you know, I've got a dog, so let's go somewhere that's dog friendly or, you know, I want to go self catering, yeah. you know? So, Hopefully, we brought a lot of business. I know that the English Riviera website had a huge hit of extra uh, mm. visitors. Yeah. Um, so I think we helped to kind of remind people that Torquay and the, the, the Bay was, exist. Was that the start of your relationship with ERBID or did you have a uh, somewhat of a relationship with them beforehand? Because uh, um, you're, you're a non-executive board yeah, member, so is I'm that a, correct? I'm on the board, yeah. Um, that's a, a more recent thing, but... Yeah. Um, it was actually Carolyn Custerson who helped persuade me to move here. Once, oh, wow. once we'd um, we'd actually already had our offer accepted on the B and B, but then just I wanted to kind of back up my thoughts, and I emailed her to, to say, "Look, I, this is what I'm thinking of doing. You know, kind of high end, five star, luxury product. Is that something that you know the market would want? Um, and and is it you know?" is there enough business is it a touristy enough area etc um and she was really helpful um gave a very detailed kind of explanation of the the, the bay and the business That's and great. um and that very much so the there was kind of a product missing um the, there's not enough um kind of high-end accommodation yeah. yes um uh, certainly at that time and and so that helped us kind of um help persuade us that we were doing the right thing um and since kind of you know we, we've been here nearly 10 years now and since us creating the 25 i think people have uh, a lot of people have realized that actually if you invest a little bit into the building and offer a really great product people are prepared to pay more for that yeah and so i think a lot of people have upped their game since yeah. and i think we're uh, generally as a bay we offer a huge amount of amazing accommodation now yeah. um and along with that you know the restaurants have mm. followed it's the shops we need to follow now, maybe <laughs> the retail offering 
Um, but I, I think, um, you know, the, we're going, the, there's a huge amount of, um, development taking place at the moment is starting, but, um, I think there's a lot of potential for the area and we're moving yeah. in the right direction. Um, but you know, I, 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 that's why I like to kind of try and help yeah. other businesses. So is, is that kind of the inspiration for the consultancy business that you're, is it, is it, is it running? Is it? Um, yeah. So, um, I've already got work booked in Great. Um, and, and we've, we've actually decided to extend our winter closing period this year to allow me to take on more work. Well, tell us about so. the business. So it's called Neon Duck. Yeah. So, right? um, Neon Duck again, kind of slightly different and, uh, quirky name um it d- does actually th- have a, a reason why i i went for neon duck um my my favorite bar in gran canaria uh is called tubos which is basically spanish for tubes uh, and they have a neon sign um <laughs> the duck and we're we're known for uh, both both here and in north wales uh, and known for our little character rubber ducks on, <laughs> on the bows. We have kind of a cowboy rubber so duck and every a, hotel that you, a vampire rubber duck. And every hotel person, that you go so. and do some consultancy for, you have to, have to give them a little duck. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, but um, I feel like, I, you know, not only my hospitality background, but my customer service background yeah. before yes. then, I feel that I have a lot of experience that I can pass on and help support other people. Um, so what's the kind of um, uh, problem cases that you imagine your your future clients having? Um, one of the things that um, we find with B&Bs is yeah. that a lot of people have a romantic version, kind of version of running a B&B in their head and um, maybe kind of get to middle to late age and kind of think mm, I fancy running a B&B um, you'd probably you know after breakfast you know from about 10 you'd, you'd have the day to yourself um, and it would be fairly easy good lifestyle life business and, yeah. yeah you buy the sea um, you can go to the beach all day but on top of that they they forget that actually on as well as um, you know hopefully you're good at cooking breakfast and have high cleaning standards yeah. but what they forget is you actually be, need to be good at um, accounts and yeah, you yeah. need to be good at uh, dealing with customers yeah. and customer complaints and marketing and yeah. social media and you know computers and websites and all these other things all these other skills yeah. um, that you either don't want to do or have no interest in or uh, yeah. just have no idea where to start um and so hopefully I can help people with things like that. But also, uh, um, I was shocked. I, I went to um, the Independent Hotel Show at Olympia in London last week because um, I, I was speaking. But I attended another talk and it was like a, a group chat a, a, about kind of um, various aspects of business. But they asked each person individually how much they rely on third party booking sites, which they pay a commission to. And the lowest was 50% of their business comes through an OTA. Um, the most was a group of 30, um, properties and they rely up to about 80, 85% on, uh, OTAs. So they're giving hundreds of thousands of pounds a year away 
to someone else. Um, So if I can help um, encourage more direct bookings, then my service pays for itself. We, we, uh, OTA uh, bookings are probably less than 10%. That's exactly what I was going to ask. So, you know, and that's that's taken a while to to get to, obviously. Is that now because, mainly because um, you have 70% repeat customers? Yeah, I mean, that, that helps. And, and again, um, some people just, um, someone comes to stay with them and then they check out. Sure. And that's it. That's the end of the journey. Sure, sure, sure. Um, whereas with us, we always make sure that they're on our mailing list. We do regular newsletters. We try and encourage them to follow us on social media. We're active on social media. So, yeah. you know, you look at some people's um, social media accounts and maybe they put something on three months ago and then on mm. Christmas Day they put something on. But they, then I, I try and get it so that, you know, if you think this afternoon, or, you know, it looks like it's going to be good weather this weekend. Shall we go away for your birthday? If you've seen a post from me that morning, you know, sitting, having a coffee on the seafront with beautiful sunshine, you might think, oh, let's go back to the 25 because we had a nice time there. And, you know, it looks yeah. like it's going to be good weather there down yeah. in Tall Bay. So, um, I mean, also your front of mind in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so we, we do, you know, we probably do hundreds of little tiny things yes. that, help encourage not only the repeat bookings but new bookings but encouraging them to come through our website rather than and and it's also about just the awareness um you know if if i go somewhere and i mention where i'm from loads of people have already heard of me even if they've never stayed here they'll have heard of the 25 yeah um because we're quite good at marketing and we're yeah. quite good at getting our name out there. I, I'd remove the word quite. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but so some people, you know, can have a, a B&B for 30 years and actually hardly anyone's ever heard of it. They've got really low um, repeat business. Mm. Um, and, and so they're constantly battling to try and get new business. And the only way that they know to get that is through yeah. a third party website. Yeah. Um, so if I can help people even change that by a few percent, yeah. mm. then it's saving them a huge amount of money. Yeah. I mean, I, for my parents, um, they're very similar to your, your method of, uh, the people who come in, they are repeat. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, my, my dad's, a my mom and dad, but my dad, especially he's, he can talk for, but he can listen as well. Yeah. He's, he's very, very, very skilled in conversation yeah. and with everyone. Um, so they have, they have almost, you know, almost all of the guests that we've had this year, Yeah, I would say is, is repeat business. That's really good. But it's finding that new business yeah. actually. And the new business that comes from an OTA doesn't have the same, uh, doesn't have the same loyalty rate, let's say, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to say for that, um, as someone who's come directly, someone who's called, someone who's heard of them through word of mouth, through someone who's a loyal, loyal guest. Yeah. Um, so I mean, in that case, you've still got to do the marketing to get those new people in. Yeah. And you want to try and avoid the OTA when you, the marketing cost shouldn't be your OTA overhead. Basically. Uh, yes, yeah. So some people, if you ask them how much they spend on marketing, yeah, 
They'll say nothing. They, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't market. Yeah, they, they don't have any other outlet yeah. apart from Booking.com. Which is a cost. That is their marketing cost. That's yeah. how they find their yeah. customers. Yeah. But but that's just that's just one avenue. And and yes, Booking.com should be part of the process. But yeah. um, but that should be one of of many. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Mm. Very, very. So right. We're, I'm going to go back to TripAdvisor and just ask you if there was some kind of like magic formula to encourage people to leave reviews and to leave five-star reviews. How many five-star reviews do you have now? Over a thousand, surely. Uh, last time I looked, it was about one, one, three, two, something okay. like that. What is, so what are you waiting for? One, two, uh, three, four. So <laughs> what's your next target? I quite liked it when it was one, 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 one. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Wait, that. So one, two, three, four is the next. <laughs> one, two, three, four. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like that. I do like even numbers in there. Yeah, just like some symmetry and yeah. some kind of just order. Gets that yeah. number. Yeah. Sorry, don't leave a review. I'm done with my reviews now. I've reached one, two, three, four. <laughs> So, what do you, so I know that some people go on TripAdvisor and they say, right, well, I just want to stay at the best. And so they type in Torquay. Obviously, you're, you would come up first because it's like the best. So what, so what is your um, kind of advice for anybody who's looking to improve their rankings on TripAdvisor or to try to get more reviews or to make the most of reviews? How, how do you use reviews? All how of did this? you become number one? What's <laughs> Five-star reviews. <laughs> Tell us about it. Well, um, partly it's a secret algorithm so it's a bit like how do you get to number one on Google you know um, I, and I don't have any any secrets as to, to how to do that um, I'm probably doing very similar to other people in that you know I encourage people to um, to leave a review if if they've had a good time so um, how do you encourage do you directly ask them or if is someone, it in the email if or? someone left us and when they were checking out they say oh you know I've had a wonderful birthday thank you for you know for a great stay then I'd probably just say to them oh if you wouldn't you know mind going on to TripAdvisor and doing a review that would be brilliant yeah um, and, and I think the sort of people who use TripAdvisor are more often the people who are likely to leave a review on TripAdvisor as well. So I think in a way it's self-perpetuating mm. that kind of once you've got people coming to stay with you because you're near the top of the list, then they're more likely to be TripAdvisor users anyway. Um, but I also, um, because of my customer service background, have a feedback form which we put on the back of the welcome letter on the bed. And we've always had a feedback form. So I tr I would like to think that either we're personable enough that people would come to us if they had an issue or that they have the opportunity to put that onto the letter rather than then going onto TripAdvisor ah. to complain. So if there was an issue, I mean, often it's just been, um, it might be something silly like someone... Uh, going back to, to when we were in Wales, someone complained that it was too hot and it'd be nice to have a fan. So I was able to actually get straight back to them and say, actually, if you'd looked in the wardrobe, <laughs> there is a fan in the wardrobe. So um, I've kind of nipped that in the bud. She might have gone on to TripAdvisor and said, oh, it was really hot and, you know, they should provide fans. Um, so that was kind of a non-complaint anyway. But... Just once in a blue moon, if you did have someone who had a genuine issue, then 
um, if you've got that opportunity to know that you've got a guest who isn't completely happy, at least you can get straight back to them and apologise or sort the issue out yeah. or do whatever mm. you need to do to turn them round. Yes. Um, which often they'll they then become a more um, a more advocate uh, guest because they're um, they feel hard. Yeah, they yeah. they feel like you've actually listened to them yeah. um, and responded and dealt with their their issue and that you know that's the whole premise of customer service is is you know turning a, a customer around and and um sorting their issues out and sometimes it's just a matter of speaking to a, a guest but if you don't ask about feedback how do you know that you even have an issue yeah. we, we had um a guest recently and she said she was telling me on checkout that she usually stays at another b&b in torquay and she said, I, I wouldn't ever go back there again. And she says, because they, they ask, they've they started asking for a pre-order breakfast. And I just want to see what I fancy in the morning. And they don't know that because they don't ask for feedback. Mm-hmm. And probably if you ask the B&B owner, they'll probably say, oh, yeah, I guess never complained about it. They're quite happy with a pre-order breakfast. But they don't know that because they don't ask. And so she's just gone away and not gone again yeah. so the first time they'll find out is when their occupancy drops over yes. time that people are whittling away and because they won't even know why and yeah they won't have a clue why yeah. they'll Ooh, just think so it's a quiet year so um, interesting so do you think it is really about providing opportunities for feedback and then just you know and listening to the feedback so you're developing relationships so feedback can occur in a conversation on you know over welcome drinks over brownies over treats over breakfast all of the little opportunities that you create these little customer moments and so they can provide feedback in that time but then also the form so if they're not comfortable saying something they can write it and then then of course you have the email uh communication as well so they can get in touch by email are there any other ways that people get in touch and tell you give you feedback um not that I can think of off the top of my head, but but it is it is what you say. It's um, it's giving those various opportunities. So the fact that we give a welcome letter drink, then I always ask, my first question when I'm putting the tray down in front of them is is everything okay with your room? Because they've got an instant opportunity to say, oh, actually, I I thought you know I don't know I thought there was a bath in the ensuite in this particular room. Um, and again, my one of my first questions in the morning when I've greeted them, um, before I ask them if they want a tea or coffee, is, did you sleep well? And sometimes, you know, they might be, uh, yeah, not bad. And they're kind of a bit non-committal. And I'm not afraid to then kind of say, oh, you know, is it something we could have done differently? Or, And occasionally they might say, I don't suppose you've got a feather pillow, have you? Or I don't suppose you've got a harder pillow or a thinner pillow or, you know, the duvet was a bit warm or whatever. Um, and I would much rather know that then. Yeah. And then if they're stopping four nights, yeah. they can have three more good nights sleep mm. because I've done something differently yeah. for them. Um, but again, if you don't ask that question or yeah. you don't pick up on that nuance that yes. they weren't 100% yes, yes. confident in that answer... Um, then, then you won't know. Yeah. Um, so you, you've got to be open to doing that, and, and also open to criticism. That yeah. actually, someone might not find your amazing pillows comfortable. And, and bizarrely, some people do want 
I, I have to keep some of my old pillows <laughs> that I think are too flat yes. to, to use anymore. I have to keep some of those because some people want really stupidly thin pillows that uh, I don't think me. are comfortable. <laughs> that is me. Yeah, that's brilliant, though. No, just creating these opportunities and keeping the communication there and then, you know, and listening, yeah. listening and then acting, you know, in anywhere, in any industry, you know, in manufacturing or in customer service, you know, you, you take on board feedback and then you can continuously improve and i think that you know providing world-class customer service is what the 25 is all about and hopefully that's what neon duck is going to be bringing to all of your future customers so yeah so is the future for those clients to be in tor bay or is the vision that's going to be a you know national brand or international brand um well, I'm prepared to go wherever anyone will pay for me to it's go. It's world class, but, Callum. Um, <laughs> world, world. No, no. I mean, with, with the publicity yeah, I mean, you've had, with the press you've had, I'm sure if you got into contact with some, you know, Dubai hotels, some big hotels, you actually have legs to stand on to, to, to approach them. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you never know where it might lead. I, I, um, I have been giving my business card out at yeah. uh, like at the independent hotel show last week uh, i spoke to various hotel owners um from across the country who felt that they might be able to use my services um but yeah i would be open to to going anywhere in order to to help people um uh, but initially the the kind of the work that i'm getting is more local just because sure, obviously i have more local contacts but yeah. um but yeah i would be open to to traveling wherever is that is that like kind of like a cherry on top to go tra- is that something you want to do go traveling well part of a, a, a bnb it is currently for sale um with a view to bit because i i had throat cancer last year so it kind of makes you reevaluate life yeah. and um our money at the moment is tied up in the building so we want to start spending the equity now yes. on yes. traveling and, yes. and doing more um you know one-off you know, creating you know yeah. creating memories and crossing yeah. things off our bucket list um and so we're trying to downsize and and free up that that money and then it's always been a long-term ambition because i used to write and deliver training courses in customer service then um it's always been a long-term ambition to move into training and consultancy so it's just kind of brought that to a head mm-hmm. um but i actually what I'd planned was to yeah. sell the B&B and then move into the consultancy. But um, I happened to mention it. I was guest speaker at the Torbay Business Awards recently. And I mentioned there that that was my plan. And I already started getting work. <laughs> yeah. So um, so I suddenly had to come up with a, a business. Yes, okay. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I, I've kind of moved into it a little bit quicker than, yeah, than yeah, I was yeah. planning. But... Um, but yeah, you know, was, all good. Just to um, linger on the, the cancer, yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, what was that year like? I mean, did you still have guests, guests through? Um, it affected business a lot because um, I, I basically I was shaving and found a lump in my neck. Um, and where, where about in your neck? So j- just just kind of where just above where you you kind of if you had swollen glands yeah. it's kind of just above your, your gland it was like a lymph node that, that had, had swollen up that was basically saying there's something going on in your body um and it was actually cancerous cells in my tongue and um i i kind of went through the process of having to have biopsies and things one of those was 
uh, under general anaesthetic. So we had mm. to all of a sudden start cancelling guests left, right and centre um, and reducing the business to the point that Julian could cope on his own because there was a, a point where I, uh, after the operation, couldn't speak properly. Yeah. Um, then because the the treatment is fairly horrendous and um, you get to the point where you won't be able to eat properly, I had to have a feeding tube fitted. Um, so again, I was out of action then, so we had to cancel a load of guests then. And um, and then we had to close uh, five or six weeks earlier than we normally would for, for winter yeah. um, so that I could start the chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Wow. Um, so they, they weren't able to remove the, the cancer? So, what what um, was the process? I, I was lucky that I caught it really, really early. So yeah. it was cancerous cells. Yeah. Uh, they hadn't actually formed a tumour. Okay. Um, so there was, in theory, nothing to remove. Right. Um, but I, I had to have um, six weeks of uh, chemotherapy every Monday yeah. and daily radiotherapy, yeah. um, Ooh. which... Very disruptive. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was told that it would be brutal, um, which is a good word. Um, I, I had no idea how bad things would be. It, yeah. it was horrendous, um, and and because of where the treatment is on your neck. There's so much going on there. You know, it affects you being able to swallow. It affects your taste buds, your um, saliva glands. Um, I had basically third degree burns inside and out my neck. Um, It it affects your sinuses, your hearing, your jaw, um, your voice box. And then obviously the chemotherapy and everything and all the side effects that that comes with it. it, um, The the treatment just... um, they're, they're basically poisoning you and burning you <laughs> and hoping that they kill the cancerous cells before they kill too many good cells. But, um, but the, you know, the side effects of the treatment will, well, I will have them for life. I will, will always have various side effects, but at the end of the day, it's better than being dead. So, you know, we yeah. have to, um, you just have to get on with it, face it and, and make the most of, of life. So that's, you know, I suddenly realised that life isn't 100% certain anymore and that in click of your fingers, your whole world can change. Mm. Um, so you need to make the most of life and, and, you know, do everything. And, you know, if... Um, I Whereas I used to... I might see a shirt that I liked and think, oh, you know, can I afford it? No, I, I, I don't really care. You know, yeah. if I want a shirt and I see it and that's, I like that's it, why you're it, so it doesn't, today, doesn't matter if I've got hundreds of shirts <laughs> in the wardrobe already. It's like, if I want something, I'll just buy it. If I can afford it and I've got money in the bank, I'll just spend that money because nice. yeah. mm. what's the point in having money for the future if there might not be a future? Yeah. Um, mm. And yeah. that was kind of why, you know, we've got all this money tied up in the building. Let's just spend it, yeah. and then you know, if we're lucky enough to then live to our old age, you, you watch, we'll be we'll be in our nineties, with a B and B, but we won't have any money. We'll be we'll be poor. That's all right. The, the state feeling... will have to look after us. Poor with lots of experience. Don't worry That's about right. that. You're yeah. going to be able to dine out on these stories for for a long time. So don't worry about that. So I think that you, yeah. Did you say that you had kind of a message for anybody who maybe finds a lump? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If, you know, um, 
it, it was actually Julian who encouraged me to, because Julian's a bit of a hyper, hypochondriac. Um, he encouraged me to get to the doctor. I'm the kind of person who, it, it didn't actually hurt. Um, and you couldn't actually see it unless I was kind of tilting my head in a certain direction to shave. Then you couldn't really see it either. I'd have probably left it. But um, because the doctors were telling us how horrendous the treatment was, Julian said, Julian asked the question and said, what happens if we don't start? You know, we delay the treatment because it sounds pretty nasty. And the consultant said, well, you could leave it for 18 months and come back, but it might be too late. It might have already spread and and then we can't do anything. Um, You know, and that window actually isn't that big. Um, and if you're the kind of person who just kind of leaves things and oh, I'll deal with it one day and, and, you know, time moves on and time moves on, you might find that it's too late. So actually, if you find a lump anywhere, don't, the doctors really, really don't mind. They would much rather that you always get it checked out because if it proves to be nothing, that's brilliant. Yeah. But if it does prove to be something, the sooner they start that treatment, the better. Mm. Did you say you had multiple biopsies uh, yeah um because i'd caught it so early yeah. um they they did various types of biopsy and they sure. they weren't actually showing was it saying suspicious anything. or something so, like that yeah they they knew that there was something going on sure. um but they, they did initially a, a needle biopsy on the lump didn't show what they needed to so they they do like a different type of biopsy on the lump, didn't show what they needed to. They then did the uh, an actual biopsy on my tongue and a general. Um, but again, because it was only cells, if they're just a millimetre out, they don't find the cancerous cells. But they still felt there was something they going on. They still find something that so says... It was only when I had chance. a PET-CT scan with, with um, like a tracer that shows up on, on kind of an x-ray yeah. that they could then see the individual cancerous cells. Mm. Um, so I had to kind of go through that process. Even so though, called a PET CT scan? Pet, yeah. PET CT scan? Yes. Okay. Um, but it, it was only at that point they were then able to say, yes, you definitely mm. got cancerous cells. And, yeah. and it's unfortunately it was near the middle of my tongue. So uh, even though they felt on the scan that there were no cells past the middle they said there's a possibility that there are but we can't see them yet right. so they needed to do the same treatment on both sides of my neck oh my which God. kind of doubled the the issues um <laughs> rather than just because they said it what we don't want to do is put you through all this and then, and then we find it was over the center line yeah. and we need to do it on the other side afterwards mm. they want to do it once and big hit and that's it so mm. um but, but it was, you know, hit, hitting me from both sides rather yeah. than just one then. But, mm. and, and now, how, how, how are you things, feeling? How are things now? Um, I, I will always have side effects, but I'm getting there. My, um, my taste buds are slowly coming back, but uh, I still can't taste anything sweet. So mm. my chocolate brownies I can't oh, enjoy. No. <laughs> um, yeah, bizarrely, I, I cook all these nice things for, for other people and I, I can't Do you enjoy it kind of like that. in proxy when you see, <laughs> you see us yeah. eating it? I know what, they, yeah, I know what they, they're supposed to taste like, but yeah, um, things don't taste as awful anymore, but yeah. they just, it's, it's, it's weird to taste things that don't taste, that are sweet, but yes, don't taste yes. sweet at all. Um, and I have a lack of saliva glands, but I can tell that that is slowly improving 
Um, I've spoken to you what feels like yeah, I know, 20, almost 20, an hour, twenty minutes. Is oh, it long? No, now? I oh, think God. it's a long time. Right, so yeah, we're, we're so, almost an hour. So that that's fairly amazing that I Good. haven't had to stop. Um, to use a spray or, or water. Oh, is that spray fuel? Um, sal- is that like yeah? It's like it's, it's like, like saliva. artificial saliva to, to kind of it kind of um, like brings my saliva glands to to life to to try and help uh, create some saliva. It's kind of um, stimulating them. Yeah. Um, and I can feel that I'm getting dry, but yeah. but to go for this long and not have to do that is is amazing. I you know certainly soon after the treatment i i couldn't go anywhere without a bottle of water and constantly you know every few sentences i was having to, to kind of take a swig and um yeah. i could just constantly feel my, myself getting dry so yeah um, to go this long it, it's only because it's such tiny daily improvements it's only when there's something like this that you think, hang on a second, yes, yes. actually, yeah. I, I am better than I was. Yeah. Good. It's not yeah. right, but, but it's moving in the right direction. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, we're so glad that you're here and that you're able to talk, you know what I mean, for so long. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's an amazing story that you have of recovery and resilience. Uh, you know, and in the face story of, is nowhere mm-hmm. near the end. We are, we're just in the middle with um, me and Duck and getting started and stuff hopefully yeah yeah, yeah that's brilliant so, so yeah um what do you think what does the future hold then so you know in in torbay we've got challenges with wh- who's out there that's five star what did you what did you think of the palace uh, were you run a state make a statement an official statement <laughs> As in the it not being built. Now. Yes, if um, it's not going to be a hotel, a five star hotel. Did you have any opinion on that? Well, it's really disappointing because I think Julian would have gone and got a job there when we sold the B and B. It's it's a real shame. The you know it's so long since Torbay had a five star hotel, and I, I think there's a real need. But also, if you um, if you were bringing in high numbers of people spending that kind of money and you could attract them here and and have a successful five-star hotel those people then would want to be spending money in the locality so that it's things like that that would help the retail offering because then you know if if people knew that they um you know they had that audience they would have more confidence to be able to open certain types of shop knowing that you know they can kind of survive and, and get the business yes um, it it always amazes me that we've got the likes of hoopers that you know obviously do well um we just need more you know not necessarily all that level but we need a mix of retail just like we need a, a mix of accommodation you know mm. we, we need um all budgets and styles of accommodation and eateries and attractions and shops in order to keep a, a, a rounded customer base coming back to Torbay. Right. Um, you, you know, you can't, we can't just concentrate on one particular area. Um, but do you, do you not think that there's a potential bright future of Torbay without retail? Cut, cutting I, out retail? I think retail is part of the story. I think... I think yes, de- definitely. As a um, as a tourism destination, we we obviously need 
good quality tourist attractions and the beaches and, and things Cafes, like that. Restaurants, but it's surprising how many people do just want to go to the shops when they're on yeah. holiday because we lead such busy lives. Um, I'm always surprised how many people um, come back with huge bags from Primark. Interesting. Um, so interesting, yeah. And it's because when... <clears throat> Under normal circumstances, um, we're all really tight on time. And it's like, oh, I need a new shirt for work. Yeah. I'll dash into town. I'll, I'll spend 10 minutes. I'll grab one in my size and colour and, and, you know, bring it home. Whereas when you're on holiday, you've got time to have a wander around, have a look, try a few things on, um, you know, just just wander aimlessly around the shops. Yeah. Um, and, and you're more likely then to to start buying things um and one of one of my blogs on my website is about um busy doing nothing which is kind of a term i i i termed for um for what a lot of our guests do you know i ask them either in the morning what they've got planned or, or in the evening what they've done that day and they haven't really done anything and they don't really care because they're they're not at work they're spending some quality time together they don't want to you know march around a national trust property and around a museum and things um or they've been here several times and they've done those sort of things they just want to you know grab a coffee watch world go by have a wander around the shops grab a bit of lunch you know and they're, they're not you know they could spend three or four days not actually doing anything yeah. as such it's but nothing. it's just relaxing yeah. switching off yeah. um and having a, a a better retail offering would would help um with that but um but i think you know we're Torbay is moving in that right direction thankfully we now have strand being redeveloped and as as part of that we've got debenhams uh, being knocked down and and developed and you know the the powers that be are, are starting to work on more mixed use in the high yeah. street and hopefully revitalizing the high street a little um, and dealing with some of the issues that we have and it's a work in progress but yeah. um you know i, I think I, I still 100% believe in Torbay and, and that it's an amazing place and that you know, we are world-class here in everything that we offer. Yes. And, um, and I, I can see the, the potential and that, mm. you know, so many people still come here, Holland holidaymakers and, and love it and have an amazing time. Yeah. A lot of the holidaymakers don't notice the little things that we do because we're here every single day. Um, so I, I think, um, I think there's a bright future for the English Riviera. Yeah, it's lovely. That's a lovely mm. note to end on, I think. Yeah, I was just going to ask one more question. Yeah, yeah. summer twenty twenty four. Yeah, what does it look like? Sunny. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> sunny. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping now that interest rates were stable uh, most recently. I'm hoping that the next few. Uh, occasions when they meet they keep it at the same level um to put some confidence back into the economy and i'm hoping that next year isn't as tough as as this Mm. year has been it's been tough for everybody in hospitality this year across the board at all levels in all type of businesses um and the you know there's a whole host of reasons why that is but um 
but definitely things like the um, cost of living crisis and high energy costs and mm. war in Ukraine, food prices, etc., all affect that. And I'm, I'm hoping that things will, will kind of, even if they don't necessarily suddenly get better, that they, they at least level off and people have a bit more confidence that mm. you know they, they can kind of budget to where they're at. It's very difficult budgeting if uh, you kind of budget to this month and then the following month everything's gone up again and then the following month your mortgage goes up again and it's very difficult then to, to kind of plan things like holidays yeah. and stuff. But if you know that at least... Yes, things are higher than they used to be 12 or 18 months ago, but things will continue at this level. At least then you kind of know what spare cash you've got and you can make a, mm. a, a, a more future plans. And, yes. and hopefully that is going to be a better year. And we, we also need a bit bit more stable weather next year. Just some sun, <laughs> sun, sun, Just some stability. Yeah. Are you ready for your rapid fire round? Oh, yes. All right. Okay. Best burger. Um, well, Julian had a burger recently that he said was one of the best he's ever had, mm-hmm. and that was from the Bay. Yes, the Bay. Shout out Michelle at the Bay. They've got a great offer there. And did he have the one from us? Yeah, <laughs> walking distance from the twenty-five. It was. Did he have the one with the chorizo on it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was really good. Yeah, I've had that before. So, right, best. Where Where would you go for like if somebody said I want fish and chips? Oh, there's there's so many options. Um, Pierpoint obviously is mm. is an ideal uh, option. Um, we really enjoy rockfish. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's really good. Um, but one one of the things that I often say is um, if I send people to Pierpoint, um, I say if they're really busy and they're already full, then it's lovely to go to the takeaway fish and chip shop, and then just go and sit in the the sun as it sets mm. on the pier mm-hmm. um, and it's just a really nice thing to to do to just watch the sun go down and, and enjoy it just on your lap <laughs> <laughs> that's nice do you have a it question is. um i would say someone you're, th- you're grateful for Someone I'm grateful for. Yeah. Uh, Don't uh, say Julian. That oh. one's, that one's uh, obvious. Someone you're grateful for over the last couple of years. Oh. I don't, that is really difficult because I, I, my instant um, kind of go-to answer was going to be Julian because... Yeah, yeah that's why I took him um, <laughs> he's, he's obviously been there, you know, oh. for... I, I c- couldn't have gone through what I went through without him. Mm. Um Okay, I'll bring him back on the table. You can right, see Julian. Can a, we get a round of applause? <laughs> that was a beautiful answer. <laughs> well done, Julian. Honestly, if it, you know, when I was really struggling with, with things like eating, um, you know, it, he if I lived on my own, I wouldn't, I, I'd just starve to death. But, you know, he would, bless him, would make me dinner every day and make sure that I sat down to dinner. But then, you know, some days I, I was... I was literally in tears trying to to eat. It was like eating razor blades. This this was you know I, I was on kind of high morphine based painkillers and it still didn't touch the sides. And um, you know I'd maybe I knew that I had to eat because I was losing weight rapidly. Um, but 
I'd, and, and I also needed to swallow because you have to keep on swallowing because your body really quickly forgets how to swallow. Oh. And you have to do like swallowing exercises and things because if you if you stop swallowing, um, you, you can't re-teach someone how to swallow. So even through the pain, you have to try and swallow something, even though I was relying on my feeding tube at, at a certain point. Um, so he'd, he'd make me these meals and I, I knew I needed to swallow something. So I'd maybe have like three or four bites, but then sometimes I had to give up. It was too, too stressful. Um, so he cooked me these meals and it was like, I just, I can't do it. But, but, you know, every day he would continue to, mm. to kind of cook for me and to, yeah. to be there for me. What, a, what an incredible person, right? Well, yeah, now the rest of my rapid-fire questions don't sound so good suddenly. Yeah, But where, where can we find you guys after hours? You can't be at the 25 all the time. Where do you guys hang out? Um, anywhere that sells vodka. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sainsbury's just in, in alcohol yeah. aisle. In the Sainsbury's. Right, look like a little. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, a good guest recommendation there you go uh, <laughs> lots of places I mean we, we don't have kind of a favourite bar as such we um, because we like to recommend be able to recommend places to, to guests and all our guests are different have different needs and things then we, we try and kind of do the rounds a bit so you know we love Juniper we love Elton's um, we haven't been for quite a while but we used to go to Soho quite a lot um you you've got TQ Beer Works you know there's there's various bars that we we might end up at um but we 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 kind of don't have um like a regular horn as such because we feel we need to to try keep trying places because we only like to recommend places that are consistently good. Yeah. So we we try every so often to to get round places so that we're making sure the same with the restaurants that they're they're still as good. Um, uh, do like um, Chelston Manor though because it's really friendly and and, mm. and again it's local and nice and easy to get to. And sometimes that- the guests want um, want somewhere that's not necessarily touristy it's a bit more locals pub and they're just looking more to kind of immerse themselves in kind of mm. the Torbet, yeah. yeah rather than kind of on the the main kind of seafront so yeah chelston manor is a, a good opportunity for i've it. never been to chelston manor that's one for my list now oh, so yeah it's really nice really good food and what kind of what kind of food really, is it? so just like burgers and uh, yeah no, whole whole range beautiful. and you know home-cooked food they have and, burgers that's uh, <laughs> because i don't uh, have you burgers, love burgers yeah. <laughs> And it's always really friendly staff. And um, okay, nice. don't sometimes they have, they have um, Charleston Manor. Yeah, and don't sometimes they have, they have live the, music and things. Yeah, and that's they have for queers and various things. Yeah, I was just going to say. I, I'm sorry, I cut across you there. Um, I think that it's Charleston Manor, the one that has the beer garden with like yes. live music, and it's almost like a stage, isn't it? I think um, Ollie Stevens played there last mm. Sunday, and um, yeah, uh, it looks like on a sunny day in the summertime with the live music on. It's absolutely heaving, like yes, in a good yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah they um, they get the sun in the beer garden in the afternoon, yes. and, and yeah, it's a really good atmosphere. They, I, I don't know whether they they've been doing it recently, but they also have uh, like a barbecue out there, and sometimes mm. they do barbecues with the the live music and stuff. Yeah, yeah that sounds really good. Okay, we're going to have to put that on the diary for next summer. For yeah. sure. So if someone wants to contact you about Neon Duck, they're looking for some 
hospitality related consultancy services yeah how do we get in contact so uh well you can contact me at the 25 or um it's just neonduck.co.uk okay very nice and if someone wants to buy the 25 (laughs) 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 call andy so what's the process are we calling you directly or yeah we're we're not currently on with an estate agent sure. so uh they can contact me direct to contact to direct for the best price yeah. that's what, yeah. that's, what I heard. <laughs> direct that's brilliant there we go right andy any shout outs we've already shouted out julian quite a bit but i think he deserves another one anymore yeah. um yeah? well probably the um rather rather random uh my group of old old friends actually old old friends um i i'm I was part of a um, kind of a cancer support group when when I'd been through my treatment. You you come out of the other side and you're not the same person anymore. And um, so through the NHS locally, the, there was a, a, a group that you kind of attend uh, like a course for six weeks. Um, and you're with lots of other cancer sufferers, a whole range of, of cancer. But you've all commonly been through the same thing um and you, you know it's it's part of a club you never actually ever want to be a member of um <laughs> but we five of us continued to meet every fortnight for a coffee um and a chat and and it's really important to me and i know it's important to them and that we we all have become really good friends and and you know so we, we've all we have this understanding of what we've been through um, and I had to leave them early in order to, to come here today. We're so very gracious. gracious grateful. Do you want to call them out by name? Uh, yeah, so there's Mike, Sophia, uh, David, uh, and Earl. Lovely. Thank you so much. So, yeah, anyone else? Obviously, you've got to say a few words to Julian. Go on, right into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> he, wait, well, he, he knows that, um, you know, that... He's special because you know we've been together for twenty six years How did you or meet? something. Well, obviously, if we've been together twenty six years, we were at play school. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that old. Just, just being born, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, it's it's scary that we've kind of been together longer than we've been apart now. Oh you know, wow, that is so, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. In fact, our our parents were at our age when we met it's kind of yeah it's all it's a bit bizarre mm. when you kind of think of that but um but yeah we we kind of um we make a good partnership you know we we, we have our own skills and yeah. and together we were we work well together yeah lovely yeah. yeah beautiful nice well thank you so much for coming on and uh telling us about the award-winning world-class <laughs> customer experience that is the 25 and your new venture neon duck thank you thanks andy thank you very much goodbye